Hey everyone, this is Joe. And this is Laura. And this is This Lesbian Life. And here's our first episode. On this episode, we're going to talk about how we met and how we came to be in a very summarized type of way. And we shall develop more as the episodes um, expand. Okay, so here we go. Back in 2013, uh, we met by doing direct sales because um, I was at an event and Laura was looking into joining um, the same company that I was working in and her sponsor had told her to talk to me because I actually did several companies at the same time and she had already been doing it with another company and they wanted and she wanted to get some insight on someone that did more than one company so that's how we started talking and while <clears throat> excuse me while we talked about all these details we were actually the only ones in our team that were actually local to each other so because of that we started having training meetings at my house with other um, friends of ours that did other different um, kinds of companies that wanted to learn so um so what happened was is jojo and i got together at her house with a bunch of teammates and we uh learned how to do um direct sales on facebook how to promote our business on facebook because i was a little bit um unaware of how to do that on facebook and it seemed to be something that was up and coming and i wanted to learn so we had certain meetings at her house and we had them on a weekly basis there for a little bit and learned quite a bit on how to promote the direct sales on Facebook and then it started becoming more friendly and we got to know each other on a personal level, I would say, um, as the days went on. Right. And um like we was you would tell me about your kids by the way Laura has four kids which now are all in their 20, 20s they're all adults i don't have any kids and one night we were sitting in the kitchen and there was probably about five of us in the kitchen and we all started talking and somehow three of the girls were having their own their own conversation and Laura and I were having our own conversation and we started talking about um, a book that I was just reading and it's actually Fifty Shades of Grey and she goes oh my god I love Christian Grey mind you I was floored because to me she was this um cute little librarian looking lady and I like the last thing I would have expected from her is reading uh, a book like Fifty Shades of Grey so immediately that actually um we we connected with that and it was so funny because we just started talking about the book and it was almost like all the other people weren't even in the room um then 
you know, we were dealing with a lot of things personally. Um, she was, you know, she was having issues with the kids growing up at the time, um, like teenagers. teenagers. <laughs> um, and three teenage girls <laughs> and a boy. Yeah. And, and so anyhow, that's how our friendship became. In the meantime, a little bit more about me. I, I was married at the time and obviously Laura was also married at the time. And my, my marriage was very lonely. My ex-husband worked uh, all day long. He worked Monday through um, Monday through Saturday, and then Sundays was technically the only day that he was home. And he worked from seven a.m. or he was out of the house, I should say, from seven a.m. to seven p.m. Um, so I didn't really get that much time with him. So. Part of the reason why I was doing direct sales is to keep myself busy and to fill somewhat of a void and to find friends because I was lonely and I wanted people to, you know, do things with and go to the movies with and spend time with. Um, so after a while, let's see, and was it 2014? Yeah, 2014, we did an event together, the two of us. So about a year, a year and a half in our friendship, we did a three-day event. Well, three, three and a half days because it started like Thursday evening. It was Thursday evening, um, Friday evening, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And it was a vendor event. And so we did a lot of prepping and we um, even organized, um, we did a mock setup at Laura's house. And, you know, even the kids were like, we kept showing them our setup. Like, what did they think about? Like, did they like how our little shop was and whatnot? And, you know, Laura's ex-husband, Mike, um, was also very, um, what is it called? How do you say that word? He was very supportive Thank in, you. in what we were doing in our setup. And he was all, you know, just very supportive. And, yeah, we and would, we would all looked good. And, right. And we would all sit out back there in the, in their, um, um, back porch, back porch and drink daiquiris or what was it? That, yeah, the, it was those strawberry daiquiris. Yeah. Those pouches. Um, I've never had one of those before until I met her and, you know, it was great because we would just have a, a good time all together. We were very good friends, all of us. Um, and you know, they kind of took me in as, as if I just was part of the family, interesting enough. And, you know, I really tried to get my ex-husband also to come over and spend time with them um, and be friends with all of them. But, of course, you know, he just didn't. I don't know that he didn't yeah. want I to. Mean, he came a to couple the, times. We went to yeah. the movies. And we then went to dinner. went back to the house and, and had, you know, a beer or whatever after the movies. And yeah. then another time we went out to dinner, the four of us. Right. And I just think that he was just a little, you know, awkward socially, um, you know, where 
yeah, Mike like he, is he very wanna... Mike is very gregarious. He's very social. He yes. he loves to be around people. He loves to make friends. Right. And Joey's more of a loner. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Agreed. Um. So anyhow, so we did this event, and it started a Thursday afternoon, and it was a for the long weekend, and it was great because I think that event, in a way really solidified our friendship we became really close and that's when we started talking about some very personal and serious things and actually during those four days I was able to talk to Laura about the issues I was having in my marriage and how lonely I was feeling and I was wondering if you know, if it was something I was doing wrong and what could I do to make things better and, um, you know, it's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna put it out there. Um, part of the issue that I was having is that I thought for some reason, I don't know why we turn in inward and we blame ourselves for issues of other people, even though for some reason we want to Put it all on ourselves and I thought it was something I was doing or wasn't doing within my marriage and my ex-husband and maybe that's why he didn't want to spend time with me and that's why he didn't want to be with me I don't know so anyhow one I think it was um was it the night before when we were setting up before we went to a store to get some lights for our table some like kind of like Christmas lights to put decorations on the table. I forget the timeline, but anyhow, um, we were in the parking lot and I, I say to Laura, I said, can I ask you a question? And she's like, yeah, sure. You can ask me anything you want. And I said, well, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's a little personal and it's really, was it invasive? Uh, I mean, I, it was like, like I a, have a, four kids, so wait, they, but what did I they've say? asked me everything and anything. So like, I'm just Yeah. So very... I said, well, it's a, it's, it's actually of a, a very, um, invasive, intimate type of question. Yeah. Intimate, I guess. Yes. I guess that's what I said. And she said to me, Oh, don't even get me there. My youngest, she's like, come down to the table and has said some really weird thing. And she's a, has asked all sorts of awkward, in, intimate questions. So there is nothing you can say that will, um, <laughs> <laughs> that will stumble me. So she said, and, and so I, I, I was really actually anxious and nervous. And it's funny because I really didn't want to laugh. But the question was very, you know, it makes you feel awkward. So you get nervous and you start laughing. I don't know if you guys have. Okay, now they need to know the question. I know. But I don't know if you guys get, you know, the nervous laughters and whatever. So anyhow, so finally I, I like dig deep inside and I get the courage and I look her straight in the eye and without I wasn't even smiling nothing I just like dead stare I say to her do you swallow and with the same dead stare she didn't even flinch and she said sometimes (laughs) 
And I and then I think we both bur- we both bursted laughing yeah, after that. And then I just said, "Okay, let me give you some um, backdrop to where this question is coming." And I'm from. like, "Wow, that kind of went somewhere fast." <laughs> and I just said to her, "Listen, I'm just I'm really struggling in my marriage, and I'm just I don't know what to do, and I'm wondering if it's because." I don't swallow and maybe he doesn't want to be with me because of that. Like, what can I do? How is there anything I can do to fix this? So of course, you know, not to get into any more of the details on this, um, it kind of open a, a, a door of honesty, vulnerability, yes, and very vulnerable, very yeah. vulnerable that most people most people don't have these kind of conversations because they're very private and, and well, they're awkward conversations to have. But I think if people talked more about these things, it would help everyone all around. I think it would help solidify relationships and it would also help other people be like, oh, you know what? Maybe that's not going to work. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um it, it's it's kind of like, I don't know, the first time people have sex, people don't talk about it. Like, people just say, yeah, well, you know, it, it's kind of awkward and that's it. Like, nobody gives you details. Like, first of all, that shit hurts like hell. So, let's just go there. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but anyhow, so that's how the open, the door got open into our our friendship in the sense of we became really close. Now, within that, I started, again, we had four days to talk about all of it. So I started talking to her and telling her all the issues and concerns that I was having in my marriage. And since her and Mike seemed in my, you know, to the, in the eye of the stranger, that you guys had a really solid marriage, I was like, okay, you guys are a good set of ears and brains that I could totally pick and try to figure things out with. So it actually started between Laura and I having these conversations, and I even had the the conversations with Mike, uh, you know, so... Trying to figure out the guy's point of view. Right, exactly. And I also wanted to to know if... I had a problem, meaning not just the fact that I didn't swallow, but was I being too inconsiderate and did I want to, you know, have sex more than he wanted to have sex? Now, every single response I got to that, it's like, there's no way a man would never want to, like, would not want to have sex less than a woman. Well, apparently in my case, that's the case, but whatever. Um, so, but that's another, that, that's a good episode. That's a good topic for an episode. We should totally like focus on that in one episode. Um, anyhow, so back to how this whole thing ended being with me opening up to Laura, it actually then gave Laura somewhat of an opportunity to not only, um, what is it, ponder with what she was going through in her marriage. 
at the time, which in a way, except for like the main circumstances, her and Mike were also having the same situation or the same issues where she didn't want to be uh, sexually intimate with her ex-husband at the time, husband. And she got a window, a peek into what Mike probably felt like by listening to my experience with my ex-husband. So we started doing a lot of talking and we read a lot of self-help books. And then one day now this, I don't even know what, what the timeline is, but at this point, you know, it's been months, probably even a whole year at this point added into that. Um, we were watching the first episode of orange is the new black. Well, we should back it up a little bit. Um, we should back it up to, to where, um, to where, you know, I was having well, you- issues in my marriage. Okay, go ahead. Meaning, you know, so you hit on it a little bit. I mean, you said that I was getting some insight mm-hmm. because you were very hurt. You mm-hmm. were very hurt that Joey didn't pay attention to you and that he didn't seemingly want to have sex with you. I mean, society tells us that that's all a man wants, right? right. So. That's all they ever want from the time they're, you know, what is it, 12 or something? Something, That that's all they want. That's all they focus on. That's all they're after through high school, through college. That's their main goal, right? So you're sitting there wondering what is wrong with me that he doesn't want me, right? Correct. Okay. So Mike and I had been together since I was 16 years old. We lived in the same neighborhood and we um, went to separate schools. We met each other and um, started, you know, seeing each other. And I mean, you know, uh, we were together night and day. I mean, in the summertime, we were together all the time, all day long, all night long, um, just always together. So I was always at his house. We were always with a bunch of friends. And so he was my first, right? And he was my only. So we wound up getting married. Um, I think when I was 25 and, or going to be 25 that year. And, um, we had been together a long time before we got married. Yes, we had sex prior to marriage Um, but it was teenage kind of, I don't know, in the beginning, it was that kind of innocent sort of sex. And then it grew. Um, but I still remember back then really preferring to go home and go to sleep rather than stay out and have sex. Right. Um, so maybe, sorry, my dog is snoring. Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) anyway, so, um, I mean, I can remember back then just (laughs) preferring to, you know, to go home. I had a curfew. I had to be in at midnight or whatever, but you know, he always wanted to have sex and I really didn't. And I thought it would get better and we got married and, 
started a family. And I always, I mean, let's be honest, for 30 years, I thought it would get better all the time. That's all I kept saying is I promise this will get better. I promise this will get better. I will try harder. You know, we tried, um, after we had kids, we even tried setting a schedule for sex. You know, if, you know, what's your, what's your goal? How many times per week? What's my goal? How many times per week? Let's come like, you know, meet in the middle and let's, you know, try for this many times a week or whatever. Um, and I remember being particularly close to him after his parents died, and that was probably the best sex we ever had, was after his parents died. Um, and But then it slowly became, again, we would fall into this pattern of just not having it, right? And I would just crawl into bed at night, and I would fall asleep. And, you know, I just, I just... I think from hearing Jojo being so hurt from her husband, it dawned on me, oh my God, this is what I've been doing to him for so many years. Like so many years, all he wanted was my attention and my affection and my love. And yes, I loved him. Was I intimate with him? Yes. In many other ways, we connected very, very well. We had a very good marriage outside of the intimacy part, meaning we didn't fight. We raised our kids. We agreed on almost everything. I can't, I can't even remember ever having an argument with him. Um, as silly as that sounds, we just meshed very, very well as parents. Um, everything about running a household, we just agreed on. Um, I think it's because we were, we grew up in the same neighborhood with the same type of parents in the same class, if you will. Um, we both thought it was super important to have, um, good roots for our kids and not move them around from place to place to place. Um, we both agreed that we wanted to both be home. So I was a stay at home mom and he did not, um, you know, go for the gusto or climb the corporate ladder or whatever. He could have made a lot more money during our family time, um, our time together, but we both felt that it was important that he come home at five o'clock every day and be in, involved in the kids and the home life. So, you know, we made choices. We agreed on everything, really. Um, so we were very traditional. He went to work. I stayed home with the kids. I took care of the house. I did the cooking. I did the laundry. He came home on the weekends. He would cut the grass, you know, very super traditional something I always, always wanted. I wanted to be my grandmother. I wanted to iron his shirts. I wanted to be the proud wife, all of that. Right. Um, you were following the gender roles and right, but that's what I with, wanted. Yeah, yeah. You were happy doing I was, so. I was proud. Mm -hmm. I was so proud to be his wife and take care of my family and be there for my family. Um, and so uh, going back again, I realized how badly I was hurting him. I, I didn't know why I was hurting him. I just knew that by um, 
telling him no over and over again or falling asleep, you know, passive aggressive, whatever, I was hurting him. I was hurting him over and over and over again. And it, it was very destructive. It was. But now let's, we'll, we'll dive in into that as well as we get through the episodes into more detail. But so then, like she said, getting the insight from me had her, you know, think a lot about what was going on within her, within her relationship to Mike and their situation. And then one day we were starting to watch Orange is the New Black for the first time ever because um, everybody kept recommending it to us. And I remember... And I'm a criminal justice major. I love prisons. Yes, stuff. <laughs> right. And we had no idea what it was about. No clue. Just prison. It was just something about prison. And we we're like, sure, okay, let's watch it. And the first episode, the first scene, if I'm not mistaken, it's the two girls, the two, the main character, Piper. Alex and Piper, yeah. Yeah, Piper. And then at the time, I guess it's her girlfriend. And they're in the shower and there's the steamy scene of them just kissing. I don't, they, they don't really show much of it. Was just, I know, it, but it was very seductive. It was it, a very yes. hot. Yes. It, yes. And we're watching that and uh, the thing, you know, it's playing and she turns around at me and she goes, oh, my God. And I go, what? And she says, I think I'm gay. And of course, I like, wait, what? Like, we can't you can't just drop this like this. We got to pause this. What? What the hell? And she's like, that is I've never seen a sex, a sex scene and felt any kind of reaction until this moment right now yeah and from that point forward forward we decided to like okay let's let's sit with this let's talk about this let's figure this whole thing out you know because i'm a fixer and I try to fix everything because that's just who i am so i'm like we gotta fix this whole thing you in my head, I'm going, you can't be gay if, you know, you've been with Mike for so long, you have four kids, and you guys love each other so much. So I'm just trying to see, like, where is this going, and let's try to find a solution and try to fix it, not knowing anything about it, because I, I had, I, don't know any, I didn't know anything about it. So we started doing some research and we found a lot of actual books and online help about women that come out later in life. Thank God for all these people, by the way, uh, before us who were brave enough to even put themselves out there and to write about their stories and their situation and how they even came to be because it was so helpful, beyond helpful, which is why we have decided to do this podcast. We had thought to try to do a book, but I think um, lives our lives are a little too busy right now, so um, we've been inspired by other people doing podcasts, so we're doing... Um, our own podcast so that we can help anybody out there that may be listening and thinking that whatever is going on with them is wrong or shouldn't be happening. You know what? 
life is extremely interesting and fluid and a lot of things can happen in life. But anyhow, back to this whole thing, we started reading and we ended up finding out that it's actually very common. It happens to a lot of people that they find out later in life that, you know, that they have a same-sex attraction. And it's because prior, you know, we think, I'm not an expert, I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, psychologist, or any of those. But from what we've read, it's because earlier when, you know, when Laura was growing up in her cult, in her community, in it, there was no space for, for someone being gay or lesbian. There was, it was more of, this is what you're supposed to do. These are the shoulds as we refer to them. And you just follow the shoulds and you just do what you should do, what you're supposed to do. And that's just it. So there's no space in thinking, you know, like if your parents told you when you were little, you know, you're going to find someone one day, you'll meet them, you'll fall in love, and then you'll marry them. But usually, if you're a girl, your parents tell you, you're going to find a boy that you're going to fall in love with, and you're going to marry. And if you're a boy, they're going to tell you, you're going to find a girl you're going to fall in love with, and you're going to marry, and then you're going to have kids. So it doesn't, it's not an open concept where they will tell you, that you'll find a person, no gender definition. And they don't, they don't, you know, nowadays, maybe their parents are starting to do that. I don't know. So, so do you want to leave it here and keep going? Well, I just want to, I just want to back it up a little bit. Oh, there she goes back. We're backing it up again. Sorry. I get ahead of myself. Yes, she does. I get too excited. Okay. So we're backing it up a little bit. Okay. And, um, she started with, she's a fixer. I am a fixer. So at first, she tried to fix us. Yes. So JoJo went into another direct sales. <laughs> and she started to sell <laughs> sex toys to help Mike and I have better sex. You know what? To That's- help me to want to have fun with it. She tried to teach yes. me that it's fun and it's that's what a true friend does. Right? Right, honey. Yeah. And then so yeah. And then so, they're they're probably all thinking like how the hell did you and I end up together? Uh, yeah, well, that's for another thing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so she tried to help. And so we had a sex party, not a sex party. Yeah, that's how that, that sounded really bad. <laughs> we didn't have a sex party. We had a we had a direct sales party where she invited her friends to buy sex toys for their personal use in the there privacy of their own. There you home. go. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was it was fun. It was actually very funny and entertaining and actually it was very um it opened my um my mind a lot because um my only experience had been you know with my ex husband at that time um, I, you know, we're both very, what is it? Non-promiscuous people. Like not that there's anything wrong You're monogamous. with monogamous. Thank you. That we're monogamous. <laughs> monogamous. 
<laughs> Where's the wine? I I'm need helping more wine. her with her English. <laughs> right? Um, anyhow. Um, so, so anyway, so I, you know, bought a couple things that I thought would help us. And so Mike and I tried again to make it work. I should say I tried to make it work with Mike because I loved him. You know, that's what you do. You, you try to make things work. Um, we had four kids together. We told our kids divorce wasn't an option, so it wasn't an option. So we needed to keep going and try our best, and I did not want to hurt him anymore. So um, I tried uh, very much to enjoy sex with him. Um, but as time went on, it just, it was the same. It just wasn't enjoyable for me. Um, so again, we fell back in that pattern of me going to sleep and us not having sex. And there I was hurting him all over again. Right. So fast forward a little bit and we'll definitely get into a lot of more details as the episodes go by. Um, this is just kind of a recap so that you guys know in which direction we're headed. And we would love to hear from anyone that would like to share their story. That would be fantastic. We did set up an email address. I will share it, um, when I remember what it is. <laughs> I have it somewhere. And, um, but in the meantime, just listen to the podcast and wait for the next episode because I'll definitely have it by then. Um, but anyhow, fa fast forward some time and, you know, all the research, all the readings. At this point, actually, I was already starting my separation slash divorce from my ex-husband because it just wasn't working. I mean, I even asked him to go to therapy to try to figure out what the problem was, uh, why he didn't want to, you know, participate in the marriage and, you know, his answer to me was, well, you know how I feel about doctors, which means he doesn't want to go. So in my head, it, I just had this thought process of like, okay, the ship is sinking. I'm handing you a bucket so that we try to save the ship and get all the water out of the sinking ship. And you just basically said to me, no, thanks. I'm good. So we parted ways and I, you know, I was already in my process of moving forward and getting, um, you know, divorced, finding a house, etc. All the fun stuff that comes with that. It's not fun. But anyhow, um, then Laura and Mike had the hard conversation where, she figured out, because, you know, she didn't take that thought process of, like, I think I'm gay lightly. Like, she really no, put a lot of hard I mean, thought on it. It was more of an answer as to why I wasn't enjoying sex with him. Right. It was, that it, was what it was. Uh, it was an aha moment that, mm -hmm. okay, I really think I'm gay here because I'm watching these women and they are so beautiful and whatever but you know i just i'm thinking that that's that's got to be the reason so 
yeah, we, we had the hard conversation that I needed to come out to him and it was devastating yeah. for both of us that mm-hmm. this could even be the reason, but he had an idea. I mean, before I even said it to him, I said, I think I know what the issue is. And he said, are you gay? And I, I was crying and I just nodded and I said, I, I must be like, I think I am because I don't know what else this could be. This is like a, what, a 25 to 30 year right. lapse of me trying so hard to keep things together. And, um, yeah, we had that hard conversation and you know, we eventually, like, we sat on it for a couple of months and talked and talked and talked. And, um, eventually we came to the decision that we needed to tell our kids. And, you know, he said with therapy help at first. And I said, you know, how is that going to help when this is, this is the way I am. If this is the way I am. It's not going to go away. It's not like someone cheated and you can get over that you know, where you can, you can decide whether to move on from it and stay together or break up over that. It wasn't something like that. It was like, this is who I was. So this wasn't going to go away with, with therapy. It wasn't something that could be cured. Right. Right. Yeah. And so in that time frame, I actually bought a house, moved into the house with my mom And, you know, I offered Laura a room and I said, I don't know what you guys are going to do with, you know, whenever you guys decide to move ahead and divorce and whatnot. And, you know, they decided that financially it was actually easier for her to come live here with me than for her, I mean, since the kids at that point, the youngest was now, what, 18? No, I don't no? think she was 18 yet. I think she was 17. Okay. Well. Yeah, um, so she was like a junior in high school. So she okay. still had her whole high, senior high school okay. year to go through. Um, But financially, it just made more sense for her to live here. Um. And so, you know, she she stayed in the upstairs room and my mom and I each had our own room downstairs. And that's kind of how that happened. And then, let's see, you moved in September. My mom moved. Oh, okay. So I I brought my dogs with me because I spent more time with my dogs than I did with my ex-husband. And they were my life, my everything. And my one dog passed in November. Parker died in November. Then my mom moved in January. When did my mom move? February. Because Hemi also died in February. Then my other dog died in February, so I just like I. I'm pretty sure your mom left, it was, and after she left, Hemi passed. Okay, so I was devastated, and there was just so much going on with 
you know, getting into a new house and figuring out all the expenses and whether you can or cannot afford things, you know, now that you're on your own. And, um, you know, with all the conversations that she and I had had um, about how she was feeling about things, that April following after she, like she moved in August, that following April, she actually talked to me and she told me that she had feelings for me. So it turns out that I was her catalyst and we'll talk more about catalyst as we move forward. And a lot of it had to do with actually her having feelings for me. At the time I said to her that I just couldn't even remotely be in, you know, in a relationship because there was so much going on and I just, I, I just didn't know where I was or what I felt or anything. But, you know, long story short is me going through this process with her and reading all these books with her and learning so much about gender fluidity and, you know, all that is, a bottom line, it's about love. And, you know, she she is and will always be my best friend above everything else. And, you know, it just kind of bled or fell into us in a relationship. It just kind of took its, um, its turn at one point. At first, me trying to help her, we went to a meetup group to see if she wanted to start dating other women. And we go to the meetup and she's like, can you just pretend to be my date for this meetup? Because well, I'm, I was I'm really nervous. nervous. Yeah, yeah, I was so nervous. It was uh, at a restaurant slash bar. Mm-hmm. And the thought of me going to this meetup to meet lesbian women was very nerve-wracking to me because, I mean, I was new to this. Um, it was out of my comfort zone to, to go into a restaurant by myself to go to meet a group of people. I don't, you know, um, that was out of my comfort zone. I'm not a very social person, and I certainly have never really gone out by myself. I'm not, a, I'm not one of those people that can do that. So I always had my security blanket with me. <laughs> so I went with her as her security blanket slash date. <laughs> and now this is like by October. And so what's that like six months later from when you told me something like that, something like that. And then, you know, it's funny. We went there as a date and we left there still as a date. <laughs> and it's just been like that since. Yeah. <laughs> We just um, kind of like stuck together through it. And- yeah. I mean, we just kept introducing ourselves as a couple. I mean, you know, people would come up and say, hi, are you two together? And I would be like, yes. And they'd just walk away and move on. I'm like, this is so weird to yeah. me. It was just very, very weird. But I was so thankful that I could actually say yes um, because it was very nerve wracking. Yeah. So... All right, guys, this is going to be it for tonight. This is our first podcast, and we hope to keep doing possibly once a week or maybe once bi-weekly. We haven't figured the details all out. Um, 
this was kind of nerve-wracking at the beginning, but I'm actually a little more comfortable now that it's ending. <laughs> and look forward hearing um, feedback from everybody. And take care. Um, stay safe. Let us know if uh, you have any comments or questions, and um, we'd love to hear your stories. All right. Take care.